Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. Hi everybody and welcome to Quite the Interview from Quite the Thing Media, our podcast basically about podcasts and this is our very first episode and today I am speaking to Bill, Bill Travesky. How are you keeping my friend? I'm doing good, how are you doing Jack? Yes I am good, I'm excited to, to speak to you, this is the first time we've actually had a sort of face-to-face conversation. So it's good to put a face to the voice, basically, and you're part of the network, and we we are very much sort of open to anybody. So I'll be interviewing some podcasts that are on the network, uh, Credit the Thing Media, and some podcasts that aren't. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to ask the same eight questions to each independent podcaster and hopefully give them a little bit of space to tell us their story. So, Bill... Start with question number one because that is well, it's the best place to start at number one. So uh, this is kind of three questions rolled into one. So what is your podcast? How did it come about? And how long have you been? How long have you been going? How long have you been doing it? Sounds good. Well, yeah. First off, thanks for having me on the show. Um, glad to be a member of the network. Great to see a face too, especially with emails and messaging. But yeah, to answer your question. So it actually started off a little bit different than most people. I actually start with radio before podcasting. And when I say that, I'm an engineer. So I like to do software stuff. And I was like, huh, let me play with some audio engineering. And there's a local kind of NPR public radio station. So I went there. I asked to do some training. That took me like three, four months. And while I just planned to do the audio work, I said, hey, why don't I just make my own show instead of just doing audio work? And then making like side profit with it. So I decided to make my own show. Uh, I could have done a regular talk show with friends, but it's a very crowded market. So I said, let me do something different. I love learning stuff. So I just decided, let me reach out to people who like know their stuff. Then I can learn, talk to them. And I think it's always interesting to learn. So I, whoever, what my show is to answer that part of the question, I talk to people who are experts. So yeah, death, death row, I had an inmate calling from death row one time. That was a fun uh, episode of uh, hacking a hacker in Uruguay. I interviewed him, uh, even music. Ken Lewis, he's a big producer. Talk to him. But then there's like addiction. There's was it sex work is another like any topic. If the person an expert, I like to sit down and talk with them. Yeah. One of the questions later on is what is what is your favorite episode? And I'm going to give you some of mine later on as well. But. How how do you approach a prison, for example, to ask for an interview with a a, a death row inmate? Like there must be legalities there. What sort of hoops do you need to jump through to get that very niche and specific interview? Because it's um, it's very very interesting. Because I've never really this is the first interview I've done. Almost to be perfectly honest with you, Bill. So. Yeah, how how do you how do you approach that? Because that's really that's really interesting and it's take a lot of work behind the scenes. Yeah, so um, first off, social media is in like 
amazing tool. Uh, if it wasn't for social media, I wouldn't be able to do like anything. But it's through like the death row. That was a special case where I met somebody on social media. She wrote a book where she talked to these inmates. And then I contacted her. And then she set up the phone calls and then phone called in all that stuff. But for the majority of my guests, I just sort of dig around through Twitter, dig around through Reddit, find somebody who does something interesting or maybe a documentary. I'll see, oh, who made this documentary? I did that for two. So I just go as many ways as I can. But when reaching out, the number one thing that I found is to just be as blunt and direct to the point as possible. So just, hi, my name is Bill with The Way Podcast. I saw you wrote this book or something. Would you like to be on my show? Here's my website. In like two, three sentences maximum. Yeah, I suppose you need to grab somebody's attention when you want to to get them to come on and take their time out. And I suppose, like you said, the blunt approach has obviously has obviously worked for you because I think you at time of recording are nearly forty episodes in. Is that right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, so there we are. Question number two. Uh, we will move along. So, what was the first podcast that you ever listened to? What got you into podcasting? The first one was actually um you ever hear a science versus? Yes, I used to I used to subscribe to it, but my um podcast app is now full of network shows, so I don't have a lot of time for uh, a lot of stuff. But yes, Science Versus was a, a fascinating show. Yeah, that was the first one I listened to that got me in I haven't listened to it much lately. I should listen to it again. But I just thought she did a great job hosting that show and from then, I just started listening to other ones. Then two years later, I did my own. Yeah, that's, um, like I say, is Science Versus, is that on Gimlet, or did it used to be? It's something big. I forget. Yeah, it's, a, it's a big, massive network, yeah. We, we'll get there soon enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. We've only started recently, but... I mean, we're um, already beyond Gimlet. Gimlet looks up to us, I mean. <laughs> that's it, yeah, for sure. That would be that would be absolutely brilliant, but... Um, yeah, Question number three, then we'll just, like I say, we'll just we'll just slide along um, from episode one until now. How has your podcast evolved, basically, Bill? It um, in my description, I now like to say my show is a combination between Joe Rogan and sixty Minutes, like these right. two contradicting views. But my first episodes were definitely a lot more sixty minutes, as in I'd sit down, I'd ask the questions, and do a lot of research, stuff like that. But now the more I've gotten used to it, it's a lot more like sitting and like just talking to the guests while talking about topics. So it's definitely a lot more Joe Rogan now. Do you think you're, you're experiencing radio, but you, you didn't host on radio, did you? Like you said, you were a, like an engineer into software, or did you do sort of uh, public radio hosting that sort of stood you in good stead for starting your own show oh yeah i did um maybe like a month of just like a few interviews among friends like just sitting and talking to get started but then after that like now every after maybe four episodes before every episode on my podcast is also on the radio so it's all the same stuff now right okay okay you've already given some great advice and that is sort of be blunt when approaching potential guests any other advice for anyone looking to get into podcasting? The first, well, the first thing is like, just do it. Because <laughs> with, like yeah. mm-hmm. with anything in life, it's like, oh, I want to do this, that, that. It's like, all right, then 
do it. <laughs> and um, the second thing is, I'm sure you're familiar with Pod Fade. Where... I, I, I've heard of the term, but explain it to us and explain it to the listeners <laughs> yeah. because I'm not 100% sure what it yeah. means. Pod Fade is like a common term because I think maybe 70% of the podcasts out there or even probably more don't make episodes anymore. And the average makes seven episodes before they stop uploading. So if you're going to start a podcast, like be committed in this. I mean, if it's not for you, then it's not for you. There's nothing wrong with that, but try to fight through and keep making episodes. Cause like not many episodes make it past seven or not many podcasts make it past seven. Yeah. You need to be willing to look at your stats and be disappointed for a while. And have my advice is have confidence in what you're producing has value, basically, and people will hopefully find you. And I suppose that is one of the the main difficulties is getting found in such a, a saturated market. How did how did you find? Do you mind me asking? How did you? Where did your numbers sort of start, and have they? steadily grown and right you joined the network has there been any be honest here has there been any sort of recognizable jump because at the moment we are sort of focusing on social sharing and i have my issues with that whether or not it actually turns into numbers how many retweets you get or how many likes you get i'm not sure if it does impact your numbers, but what, what what did you find? Where did your numbers start and sort of, are you getting there? Are you happy on the trajectory that you're on just now? Yeah. So one thing about podcasting I found out is making episodes and doing your best is literally half of it. Cause you can make, I mean, I was up to episode 15. And I still was not, I was maybe in like realistically like 10 listens. I was like, what the heck's going on? Yeah. Like, and it kind of lasts for a bit. So then what I started doing is I started actually going like on Reddit and like advertising and my last episode, well, no, my episode, like I just started, I forget what number it was, but it's one on methadone. So maybe 25, 26, but yeah, I started advertising that and that went from like 11 listens to like a hundred or something in the span of a few days. So now what I'm doing is slowly like giving the giving those older ones marketing and they're starting to go up. And of course, my episode listens have gone up and radio is a big part of it. And with the network, I can't tell exactly yet, but I do think it's starting to go up. <clears throat> I mean, it yeah, has. We would hope so. But yeah, it's, it is hard to judge because let's be honest, you don't know if you hadn't joined the network where your numbers would, would be, would they have plateaued? It's really difficult. It's really difficult to measure, and that's why we're trying to be we're trying to be a little bit different. We're trying to explore avenues that maybe some podcast networks don't, and we're trying to we started in awards, which I think can bring eyes to the network, which was the main the main thing. I'll be honest here was to get public votes, public nominations, get people coming, and hopefully when they come onto the site, they take a look at our podcast page and. They, they see the way podcast and think, I'll click on that. That sounds interesting. Something about 
the Silk Road, for example, which is a really interesting subject, then that's that's what we're trying to do, basically, is get eyes on the network and build that um, social proof. What other podcasts do you admire, Bill? Yeah, and also, like, what you're saying, too. You said yeah. in, like, our own group chat with the uh, network, it's, like, a lot of, another issue with podcasts is we all get stuck in these bubbles among each other where we're all just, like, liking each other's posts and we're all just... Yes. Yeah, like adding each other and great. Um, now that we got a great bubble, how do we? The actual listeners don't even see this. <laughs> so that's a thing to break through. And um, so have, you, have you got any ideas that you can tell me on air? To any ideas, I'm open to finding any sort of secret sauce. I will be honest with you. So, um, I've sort of sprung this question on you, but any ideas for the network? Basically, that that awards uh idea that was a good idea. Um. But besides that, I don't know too much. I mean, pers- personally, I got six by four sign that I go to like the city corner and hold up. <laughs> so you could do that in your like local town. <laughs> but an actual like advertising idea, I'm not too sure. Yeah, that's like old school marketing, basically. Yeah. And have you found that's made a difference? Um, I can't tell. But again, I think so. I mean. Each episode does better. I just don't know if it's because of stuff like that or not. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it helps. The thing with marketing, too, is I think even if it doesn't give you a direct listen, it helps the name spread. So if in the future the person sees the name again, they'll think, oh, wait, I remember that from something or, oh, it looks more familiar. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. As measuring stats is difficult, you know, you a lot of people look at the one single stat, which has download numbers, which is a a bit cloak and daggers as well, I think, personally. You know, there's more important stats to look at, like I think your episode consumption rate um, on Apple Podcasts, for example. Bill, do you, ever, do you ever look at that? Like, how much of an episode do people listen to? I don't have, I use Anchor, so I don't get the downloading or I don't get that data. Right, okay, okay. I will uh, say, though, actually, you remind me, in terms of, ever since I joined the network, my website has definitely gone up in, um, like, in the amount of people that view each day. So that does happen. I do see that. Well, that's it. There's, it's very sort of boring SEO, Google <laughs> crawlers, but those backlinks and links from not just Twitter, but other websites. Once those websites, once they grow, those backlinks become more important and have a higher value. So, again, over time, having those links on the website hopefully works both ways because I was on your website earlier on today and you've got the, on the homepage, you've got a very nice sort of um, member of Aquatic Thing Media and that builds social proof for us as well. So it is, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be a, a mutually beneficial network for independent smaller podcasts and working together like that is the, the sort of main aim, I suppose. If you could go back in time uh, to one point in your life and talk to your younger self, where would you go and what would you say? This is a bit um, from left field, this question, but I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah. That's a hard one to answer. I'd say, first off, 
even though I first off, I'd go back to like some junior year of high school and say, stop eating the edible brownie. It will kick in. You don't need to keep eating more. <laughs> uh, and suddenly you're lying up prepping balls, man. Yeah, we've been there. We've all been there. <laughs> oh, we've all been there. Uh, keep, it's not working. Let me have another bite. Let me have another bite. Let me have another bite. Ooh, now I feel it. <laughs> uh, it does. It sneaks up on you, man. Yeah. So uh, don't eat the brownie. Would that be it? <laughs> Eat it, but then don't keep eating it. You don't have to eat the whole thing. You need when you're supposed to eat like a quarter of it. <laughs> eat the quarter. <laughs> yeah, I suppose myself it would be just before we we started recording. I put out a cigarette. I would go back to my 12 year old self and say, "Don't go behind the local carpenters and smoke a fag with your friend." Because ever since then, I have smoked, and it is a pretty horrific habit. What famous person, we're nearly at the end, this is question number seven, what famous person would you love um, to interview, which is pretty apt for your podcast, because that's basically the basis of it. So is there anybody out there you would absolutely love to have a chat with? Can I pick dead people? I don't know how much of an interview you would get out of them, but yes, of course, yes. There's no... Uh, without constraints, that's something else that we like to push in the network. So yeah, pick a dead person if you want, Bill. Because I would pick, I'd pick two people. One, I'd pick Mac Miller. He's a musician or an artist in like the, the hip hop industry who passed away, and that'd be a was great. Was that long ago? Was it? I think it was like years? yeah, a year or two ago. It still is kind of yeah. recent. Yeah. He, um, you actually kind of look a little bit like him with the uh, reddish beard and mustache. Sort of reddish beard, yeah. And, <laughs> And why is that then? Is that, was he somebody you were idolised might be the wrong word, but somebody you obviously have some sort of feeling towards? Yeah, because he's just a really talented, I really enjoy his music. He's probably my second favourite artist of all time. He seems like such an interesting person and everybody in the community like looks like speaks highly of him. And I feel like that'd just be a great, that, I interview experts on topics. I could say he's an expert in hip-hop, which he is, but yeah. he seems like a great dude to just sort of be able to just sit down, talk with, smoke a blunt with, like just have a casual talk with. He seems like just a great person to like talk to in the regards of a casual podcast. Right, okay, so Mac Miller, um, and who would your second person be? I'd actually, um, he's, it's a debate between a few, but I think it'd be tell, cool to tell talk us to... Tell we've, we've got plenty of time, so... Yeah, so I'd want to see, like, the real smart people so in history. So I'd say something like Stephen King. Not Stephen King. The freaking, um, the other guy. The, um, Hawking? Stephen Hawking, yeah. Stephen King would be cool, too. Yeah. But, yeah. Just, Steve... a, just a pity he can't finish a story, man. <laughs> That's his big issue, Stephen King, where, in my opinion, just can't really end books. And a lot of the endings are a little bit um, sort of thrown together. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, but Stephen Hawking, yeah. yeah. On that then, how much of a, a conversation do you think you could have with somebody who is that smart without sort of feeling that you just don't know what they're talking about? <laughs> yeah, you know that's I mean? all. Oh, yeah. definitely. And that's the thing with... Like, I hate I hate to use Joe Rogan as an example because everybody knows who he is and it's such a easy generic name to say, 
but I've looked at some YouTube videos about like how he does what he does because he talks to some real smart people too, like Neil deGrasse Tyson and people like that. Yeah. And it's it kind of stinks, but you have to make yourself look like a moron a little bit so the person can speak to the audience in a understandable way. So like how I would speak, I would try to understand. I just did an episode the other day actually. This woman, she did um, she's got a doctorate. She's She's cited in like 300 journals or like all this stuff about uh, internet addiction. And she goes on this whole spiel about how the brain operates and how it morphs when you're addicted to your phone enough from a young age to even an old age. And I had to, uh, I guess I had to sound dumb, but I have to, cause I need to say, Hey, can you explain that a little bit? How, um, when you see the brain morphs, do you mean that the brain stays the same and the waves change or, the waves are changing as the brain physically morphs or like, I have to ask these basic questions to come so they can be understandable to even people like me. I'm no genius. And is that, is that a physical change in the brain when it creates addiction? Yeah. So when you're um up to the age of 25, the brain is still developing. Right. So internet addiction, um, it's hard to define. But the gist is full-blown addiction doesn't affect too many people, which is good. But we are addicted enough that it kind of does. But the frontal cortex, uh, I forget how it works. But yeah, like a part of the frontal cortex shrinks or mores. And it causes you to have less joy. It causes you to basically be more addicted to your phone. And you're less likely to go out of your way to go outside or do something else. Because the brain itself actually changes. And when you're older, instead of the brain changing, the uh, signals like so it's the same way. If you lose a part of your brain, the brain can adapt and other parts of your brain will take on the responsibilities and you'll still be able to do whatever that part of the brain was that it did to you. So the same way that the new parts of your brain take on those old tasks when you're older, even though your brain's fully developed, other parts of your brain will sort of take on the, these new tasks and those new tasks are you being addicted to your phone so they'll sort of morph and change into this addiction that makes you a lot more focused to your phone versus going outside or going for a hike or something if that makes sense no it does um there's an interesting documentary i'm pretty sure it's called maybe called the social network but it's not the film i'm talking about with um jesse Oh, what's his name? He played Mark Zuckerberg. Anyway, not the film, but there's a interesting documentary about just the, the dark, dangerous side of social media. They are, their main aim is to create addiction. That, that's what it is. It's, it's to create that addiction to the phone. And You're talking about all, the social the social dilemma, right? Is that it? Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Thanks, Bill. A, a fascinating documentary and sitting watching it. When you've got former Facebook executives sitting telling you what what they were doing and what their remit was as part of their job, and coming out and like rallying against it while also saying, "I can't wait to check Instagram," so they are addicted as well, and they know the the dark side to it, like behind the scenes. It just shows you how successful they were at at doing it, at creating addiction. How much do you 
do these social networks, the massive social networks, let's cover the big three or four, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, how much social, like, morally, where do you stand on these companies? Because we use them all every day, especially if we want to promote our podcast. Yeah, so like earlier I said, it's an amazing tool because like I can reach out to people through it and through Twitter and everything. So I can't hate on it. But I mean, there's no denying it's super addictive. And I mean, there's a study too. just leaving your phone on your table in front of you already will, will like alter your thought process. Like just a phone sitting on a table, even without you not realizing it there subconsciously, if you know it's there, it will alter your thoughts or process or whatever but yeah, i don't know if you have my the ping that went about 30 seconds ago when we record my phone pinged there i forgot to put it on silent and yeah i kind of picked it up and had a sneaky look at it while having a conversation with yourself it's rude for a start but it's kind of been drilled into me as a i'm a 35 year old now so i i did grow up in a time where you didn't have mobile phones you didn't have content access to the internet i would go out and play soccer or football whatever you want to call it so what age are you what age are you bill wait what what age are you sorry oh i'm a 22 right okay so you, you you've been brought up in a i suppose you'll be brought up in a world where surrounded by it it's the norm yes are you what do you call what do you call your generation is it generation x generation y I'm not 100% sure. I get a little bit confused. I think I'm the, the last of Gen Y. I think right. I'm the last of that. Yeah. I, I'm an old millennial, basically. I'm just on the sort of borderline at the, the top end of the millennial age. So, yeah, I was brought away. You went outside and played. and um, But I've got Colin, the, the co-founder at Quite the Thing Media, has a, he's got a serious phone addiction. Like he does, he, he admits that he can't, doesn't turn off notifications. Like I turn off notifications for WhatsApp, Twitter, Facebook. I, I don't get them popping up on my screen because it would just, it would just be far too much. It'd just be absolutely horrendous, you know. <laughs> but same as you, really need social media to grow as a network. So yeah, a bit of a dilemma for. Me as a, a founder of a network and my thoughts on the dark side of social media. But we're coming to the end, Bill, and we're going to wrap it up with uh, question number eight. What is your favourite episode? And if you were to pick one for people to go and check out, what would you pick? Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to give you one or two of your episodes that I found really quite fascinating and one of them was MS13 on 18th Street um, about the the MS13 gang basically tell me a little bit about that episode um, because it was just recently I think somebody in Maryland just got found guilty yesterday of conspiracy to murder so they're still they're still active so how did that MS13 uh, interviewing podcast come about Oh yeah, definitely. That um, that was a fun one. That's definitely one of my favorites too. It uh, I forget exactly how. I mean, through social media, I think. Yeah. I think okay, yeah. The two hosts they uh they host the Underworld podcast, 
And basically the guy who I interviewed on that show, he's a journalist. He's written for the guardian. He's written for New York times, BBC, all like those big newspapers or, and he went to El Salvador. If I remember right, MS 13, he was there for, there were a lot of Central America episodes. So sometimes I mix up the countries, but I'm pretty sure he was El Salvador. He spent quite a bit of time there with the gangs. He talked to, he did a documentary actually. The Guardian did a documentary where he was the producer of it. So he talked to the gangs. He talked to the uh, religious, I forget what you call them, but they're um, Christian. I forget what you call them, but like very Christian higher up at churches. Right. And what they try to do is they try to sort of, they're the only ones allowed to go to MS 13 gangs like up close versus anyone else because everyone else is a. Uh, like someone evil in their eyes unless you're i guess a journalist too in the documentaries case but he's the only one who's allowed to go up to these gangs because the only way to leave ms-13 or 18th street the rival gang is either to die go to jail or become religious so this guy the one who came on my show he spent all the time there and just talking about all that stuff that you said you heard too and that's how that episode came to be about. Yeah. I'm sorry to be a pest, but I'm going to pick one more episode. that was my favourite episode of yours. Um, following Aquilo, basically, right. we spoke to Toby Muse, um, basically where he followed a kilo of cocaine from the cartel and how it sort of gets created and gets like uh, trafficked. Personally, that was my favourite episode. Again, can you tell us a little bit about how you got in contact with um, Toby, Toby Muse? Yeah, that's another great one. I That episode was the beginning of me actually getting confident with the show, too. Right, okay. So I'm happy about it for that reason, too. Because I like all my episodes, but, you know, you get some experience, you sort of get the hang of things. But that one, I forget exactly how I met him, probably read it. But he uh, he he wrote a book called Kilo, and he was a journalist too, Guardian, New York Times, stuff like that. And he uh, he wrote this book called Kilo, like I said, where he basically goes to what is it, Colombia? Yeah, Colombia. Colombia. Yeah. yeah, he goes to Colombia, and he just follows the production and expedition of a kilo of cocaine. And that was a great one because I got to talk to him about how a lot of towns are safe they're fine they're okay but then they start producing cocaine the farmers and they make a boatload of money because cocaine makes a boatload of money but after about a year the um, cartel come to town the money they make gets taken or it gets the whole town gets inflated so it's not even anything more than it was two years ago and after a few years they're basically forced to make this cocaine for the cartel there's prostitutes everywhere now everybody's like drinking alcohol and it's the towns sort of fall apart and that happens throughout the whole country. And yeah, he just like talked to the gang members. He talked to the farmers. He talked to the prostitutes. He talked to everyone in Colombia about a kilo of cocaine. Yeah. Sorry. I was very selfish there. That was my, <laughs> I asked <laughs> you the question and then answered it for myself. But what's your favorite episode and pick one for people to go and check out. <laughs> Sounds good. And yeah, that was great. I love uh, talking about those two episodes too, so no problem. And I'd say two 
one of my favorites is episode 27. It's called Inside the Studio. And that's uh that was uh basically this guy uh what's it Ken Lewis. He uh he's a producer. He's got 104 gold and platinum records now. He's worked uh-huh. with my yeah. He's worked with like Eminem, Beyonce, Kanye West, like any any big name. And Why Down's my favorite though, is because when I start recording after like five ten minutes, I almost forgot I was recording because he's just such a down to earth. Like he's already very successful. I'm still working on my show, like so he's still leagues above me, I'd say. And he was just such a down to earth. I felt like I was talking to somebody on my same level. And I just had a great time talking to him because you would tell he loves what he's doing. And that was just such a fun one for me to record. Yeah, fantastic. I, this ran a little bit longer than I expected, Bill, but uh, I was enjoying the conversation. And uh, there's no there's no constraints. There's no time limits, really. So very quickly, where can people find your podcast, watch your website and your socials and stuff like that? And we will we'll wrap it up after that. Sounds good. For um, people in Connecticut, Wednesday's at 5, FM 91.7. But I'd say uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Podcast The Way. But the most important thing is just PodcastTheWay.com. Just uh, Google search PodcastTheWay.com. Yeah, so that's PodcastTheWay.com. And we're going to wrap up for our very first episode of Quite The Interview from Quite The Thing Media. All that's left for me to do really is say, Bill, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I had a good time on the show. Yep, fantastic. Right, guys, we will speak to you soon. Thank you. At Quite The Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators made without constraints.